We'll play that later on in the show. But we're also joined by the cast of The Eleventh Hour, which is a stage production based on relationships between the police and the city youth. As always, I want you to call with your questions and comments the number 718-664-6543. Again, that's 718-664-6543. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on our Facebook page. And remind you, we are on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest. And it all can be found on our official website, www.thestephenightshow.webs.com. Newly redone. has everything there. Check it out. You can find out more about our team as well. Well, Ms. Parker, how are you doing? Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New oh, Year. How are you? saying that. <laughs> no, I know. Look, someone was saying, when, is it, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? I think after after MLK weekend, I stopped saying Okay. That. Okay. <laughs> well, how, was, how were your holidays? It was good. It was good. Amazing um, time with my family um, in Cali and Vegas. Uh, came yeah. back with fresh and ready to start 2016. How was yours? I'm a, they were good. Mine was more laid back, but, you know, I'm very excited about this year. I think it's going to be, like, a really great year. Do you feel that? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very, very optimistic and excited about 2015. Is there anything that you want to accomplish this year? Outside I, think of, you I, know, I think I wish to share. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can respect that. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, TK, uh, TK Adam, are you there? Happy New yeah. Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> Do y'all agree with Miss Parker that after MLK weekend it's time to kind of let it go? Now see, now see, I'm not going to let it go after MLK weekend. I think it's when you see someone for the first time in the new year, you can still say it. Even it's if it's like March. Yeah, Even if it's like March. Not, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I usually, I usually think once my New Year is no longer happy, which is usually after the first week or so of work, <laughs> then I stop saying it. <laughs> That's my rule of thumb. What, did, did y'all have a good break? What did you do over the holidays? Yeah, uh, mine was pretty good. It was quiet, uh, kind of like yours, Stephen. I just uh, had, you know, most of my family or my close family lives in town, so just right. kind of stayed there and hung out with friends and family, kept it low key. Uh, nothing too extraordinary, but uh, it was it was a great break. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you all believe in New Year's resolutions? Yes, uh, I do. I used to, but then I stopped doing well, them. So. I don't believe that you should wait for New Year's to make a resolution. I think every day of your life should be um, an act of you improving yourself and bettering yourself. So, no, I this, don't. This, this is true, but, but technically for me, my New Year is really my birthday. My birthday is when I hit the refresh Okay, uh, but nice. yeah, I, I believe in New Year's resolutions because what, I have like a little tradition that I've been doing for a long time now, where I actually write out what I want to accomplish in the year. I kind of pray over it and put it up where I see it every day. And so, what I do each year at the end of the year, I look and see what all did I accomplish. You know what I mean? And that way, I can kind of tweak it. So I kind of use it. I know some people believe in don't wait till like you know people say I'll start my diet January first. I'm good with having a good starting date. You know what I mean? A good that um, that just works well for me, but I think uh, I definitely agree with Parker as well. But, I, but I'm a New Year's, I believe in New Year's resolution. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Adam TK, what's going on in the world of movies? I know the um, Golden Globes were last night. Did y'all watch? No, unfortunately, I missed out on that. Okay. TK, I I was I was in La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what did y'all see? <laughs> Well, I actually uh, did. I have an opportunity to check out Selma. 
Okay. Um, I thought that it was it was it was dynamite. It was excellent. Um, the only issue that I have with the movie, um, I don't see. I don't really want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But there's a scene in the movie that looks like a scene in another movie that Oprah is in the scene, and it 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 kind of mirrors another movie that Oprah had a scene in in that other movie. <laughs> and it, it was just it was it was too identical for me. Like it it kind of threw me off a little bit because you know writers and directors get together to give actors and actresses moments in film. And this was supposed to be her moment in this film, but this moment looked like another moment in another film that she had. <laughs> so it was a little too much like the other film in that moment, and it just it did something negative for me. Was it but the film purple? in a whole was pretty good. Was the the color purple? Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what this film is. Well, you know, I heard good things about this movie. I heard that. It's not your typical civil rights movie. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. It didn't seem like your regular civil rights movie. Okay. Um, I thought that the acting was brilliant. I thought that the writing was well. And, you know, Oprah tends to put out pretty decent art through Harpo's, Harpo Films. She she puts out pretty decent art. <sighs> I, I, just like I said, it was a good movie except for that one scene. I just couldn't believe that they were doing that. It, it, it almost seemed like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be a joke? Because it seemed kind of funny, but I knew oh. this was a serious drama, but it, that part seemed funny because it mirrored mm. another movie. <laughs> Interesting. I wow. saw the movie too, but I don't think I saw this other movie that this Oprah scene was in. But, really? Um, yeah, Adam, we definitely have to talk off air. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I want to know. I, I'm now I'm curious about your scene, but yeah, we'll talk about it uh, later. Um, but I enjoyed it too, and I agree. So it's uh, for those who, for some reason, are unaware. It is about the uh, the Selma protest and the uh, eventually kind of culminating in the Selma to Montgomery marches uh, during the civil rights movement. But it definitely, it, it's, you know, it's a historical drama, and uh, it's even kind of like a MLK biopic, a uh, little slice of his life. But it was different in the sense that you you kind of get the inside feel of how to choose battles. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of talking within the, you know, organization. And it's a very strategic movement, and it's definitely, you get kind of an inside take, because you don't think about it as you're watching things on TV or if you're an outsider, but there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of inner organization arguments. There's a lot of inner uh, kind of, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't think about right. when you plan things like this. And it's it's a highly, I mean, it's, there's a lot of strategy involved, and it's not something that you don't think about or they don't think about. They put a lot of thought and a lot of process and a lot of planning into everything. And you just don't realize that until you actually watch a movie like this to kind of see you know, how much work it does take to kind of make sure everything works even on your own side. Yeah, that's true. And it, and they also, um, the the dialogue that is used in, on both sides in the White House and in um, Martin Luther's camp um, is very straightforward. I like the fact that, you know, they don't mince words. Um, like, for example, in the White House, the president and some of the other uh cabinet members freely use the word nigger and 
it just shows you the rawness and the realness of the time period and what people were actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's definitely it was a real issue. I know for you know we're I hope we're all too young to be alive during that time period, but uh, yeah, it's definitely you can definitely see the issue that you know the last generation had and saw at the forefront and mm-hmm. the reality of it uh, there. And the media so. played a big part even back then, like j- just as they do now when it comes to world events and how they will put their hand in it and, you know, twist and move it to make it seem like more and different than what it is. Yeah, and I yeah. think that was a good point too, not to spoil a little bit, but, you know, they chose their location because they knew that it would get media coverage. And it's still exactly. media, obviously, but they they knew what they were doing when they chose where they wanted to go to do these protests. So, mm-hmm. um, again, strategies and uh, really good. Like, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It was the best of the three movies I've seen over the holiday break, I'll say that. And wow. just to add on a quick thing, uh, interesting note. So if you watch the movies, you'll hear his speeches, and they're actually not his original speeches because the King Estate has licensed the speeches out to a different studio at the time. So they had to kind of do a little workaround on rewriting his speeches, which is kind of interesting just to think about that speeches can be kind of licensed out or copywritten. I heard so, that, and and one person um, commented, I believe on our page, and said that, our Facebook page, and said that they don't want people to think that these new speeches, the ones that rewrite, you know, were actually Martin Luther King. They don't want history to, be, to rewrite itself. Exactly, but it's, it's something that they, I mean, they couldn't use the original, so they had to kind right. of make a make it work and keep the emotional, um, you know, keep the emotional tone and the kind of energy in them. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that toward the end they used the actual footage of the actual march. Yeah, come. yeah, they did a good job. The only thing, I think uh, they could have done a little bit more. You know, we didn't get a lot of Abernathy, and I know Mark and Luther King and Abernathy were really good friends uh, mm-hmm. throughout the whole movement, so we didn't get to see a lot of him in it. Uh, but, again, he's not the focus either, but, you know, you kind of, it focused mainly on uh, Selma and Martin Luther King, but you know if you know if you know history with he did a lot with uh, Ralph Abernathy, and so we didn't get to see too much of that. Hmm. Well, what else did you walk in to see? Well, I um, I started off the holiday season with Lord of the Rings, or the sorry, the Hobbit movie, uh, Death, uh, Battle of the Five Armies. Um, you can tell by me forgetting what it is. It wasn't. I mean. <laughs> If you watch the first two, you're going to finish it just because you're going to finish the story. But I really hope someone comes out with an edited version to condense this into one film because the last movie was just a a two-and-a-half-long battle, two-and-a-half-hour-long battle that you're like, all right, we know good things happen. You know, they win. Let's let's move the story along. Um, So Hobbit was not high on my list. Uh, I wouldn't rewatch any of the original Hobbit movies unlike I do with The Lord of the Rings. So um, you could probably pass on that if you don't want to finish this series. The other movie I saw was the Angelina Jolie movie, Unbroken. And uh, the story about that one is it follows this um, World War II. He wasn't a pilot, but he was uh, like an Olympian. And he gets um, stranded on a raft in um, the Pacific and then gets captured and taken to a Japanese prison camp. That was another one that was kind of long, and 
it wasn't uh, – I'm on the fence. It wasn't awful, but at least with The Hobbit, you're watching two and a half hours of action. This movie, you're not getting as much action. You know, you see him get tortured. You see him go through a lot of hardships. And my, my problem with movies like this is since they're based on a real person, you know he survives. So you never really feel – I mean, you feel the pain, but you don't feel like he's going to die because he obviously moves on and, you know, writes – or has his wife. So uh, I, I would say that was a pass for me as well because it was just, it was, they just, they went a little too long for. And this type of- I want to ask you a question, Adam. Yes. When you were watching that movie or soon after you finished watching the movie, did you get the feel that it was obvious that they were making it a contender for the Academy Awards? A little bit, yeah. You can definitely yeah. tell they were, yeah, they were trying to milk it. Um, and. And it wasn't like they could have done a little bit more about focusing on his relationship with his other prisoners or what he did after the war, but it was definitely focusing too much on the torture and the pain and suffering that he went through. Mm-hmm. So all in all, see Selma, because uh, that one is worth seeing. That was the one to see? What yeah. yeah. You see anything else? Uh, it was just those two. Okay. Now, New Year here, anything coming up down the pipeline? Uh, well, there's a Inherent Vice, which kind of seems like a weird one, uh, about this guy, this kind of um, detective or someone trying to go after the drug thing. It's, I don't know if it's going to be a good one, but it just came out last weekend as well, so I'm probably mm-hmm. end up seeing that. Um, and that's only on my radar at the moment. Okay. Well, guys, as always, we thank you so much. Have a great week. Welcome back. Happy New Year. We'll see you until March. (laughs) 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 Have a good one, okay? You too. What's going on, Aaron? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Um, New Year, Aaron. Happy New Year, Miss Parker. It's great to hear y'all's voice. before I start, I want to make a comment on the movie Selma also. And okay. I I know I know exactly what um scene that she's referring, referring to. to. Okay. Yeah, and I don't mind spoiling it, sorry y'all. So I'm I'm I'ma spoil it. Um well I'll just say this. Um what she say? Harpo, get my kids out of here. Get my kids out of here. Oh, they had that scene. I don't, I don't want them to yeah, it was pretty much that scene where like um, oh, Miss Miss Sophia is being beaten when like yeah. when like she's being beaten at the market or, or whatever in like the town whatever. It looked mm-hmm. very similar to that on um, Selma where Oprah's oh. character was being beat by okay. the um okay. by, by the sheriff. Yeah, it was very similar. Wow. So, but there's a whole lot more to the movie Selma than just that scene. So people. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Really it, I thought it was excellent. I mean, it makes you cry, it makes you think, it makes you laugh. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's one of those awesome. Okay. Yeah, great, great movie. All right. Um, this is the first day of the last semester of my undergraduate career. Uh oh. Counting it down. I graduate in May. So Uh-oh. May, yeah, May the ninth. So. Awesome! Wow. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. So I will be a Bachelor of Arts carrying brother. So a BA. Wow. 
and political and science school, in right? less than four months. Say what? And then I'm off to law school, school, yes. Wow. Yes, sir. That's great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What's going on in the wonderful world of sports? First of all, okay. Um, Stuart Scott, rest in peace. Yes, uh, rest in peace. Yes. He passed away. I mean, I think we all know he passed away mm-hmm. last, last, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday prior. So um, mm-hmm. just wanted to um, wish his family um, all the best, and he was a great guy. I, yeah. I remember as a you know kid growing up, I didn't even know what Sports Center or ESPN was until he came on. Mm-hmm. And I I just remember hearing his voice and just seeing this and this person that looked look looked like my dad, you know that right. looked that yeah. looked me yeah on um, TV mm-hmm. talking about sports it was really cool so let's see oh did y'all see the um, Dallas game yesterday I didn't but I mean my Facebook Facebook timeline was going in <laughs> what do you thought man we first of all I thought that was a catch. And not just because I had money on that game, but I thought it was a catch. <laughs> I thought it was a catch. Um, so what exactly there, happened for those that didn't see it? Okay. Dallas, first of all, Dallas had the lead in the game. They ended up losing the lead because their um, defense sucked. Their um, secondary was really bad. So what happened was that um, it was fourth it, it was fourth down maybe – Two and a half minutes left the game. Dallas was, was down by four points, and they had to go for it. I mean, they had to go for it. Mm-hmm. So, Tony Romo throws it. There's Bryant, runs up, catches the ball. He's then trying to go end zone, and the ball kind of touches the ground somewhat, whatever, and they're saying that it was an incomplete pass. My thing is, once I always thought that a, that a catch was when you catch the ball and you have two feet on the ground. That's a catch. Mm-hmm. And anything after that, if the ball bounces out, out of his hand, as long as he gets control back of the ball, it should be a catch. But they're yeah. saying that that the ground does not cause a fumble, but it can cause an, an incomplete pass, which to me is stupid. Either mm. the ground can cause a fumble and a, and an incomplete pass, or it can't do either. It right, it yeah. can't be one yeah. one, but I'm not the other. I, I just think that's that's not cool. And it was a great catch. It was a great catch. And I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. I just thought that they were going to win that game yesterday, and they didn't. And mm. you know, yeah, so lost my. And also with the Ravens, the Ravens had a 14 point lead twice. Not 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 once, y'all. Twice in this game to, to the Patriots, a four-point lead twice, and they lost the game by four points. Oh, oh, oh. I because secondary was horrible. I mean, it was this one guy on there. His name is Rashid R- Rashawn Melvin. Anyway, his last name is Melvin. Mm-hmm. Brother, if you're listening, family's listening, dude, <laughs> retire from football. It's not your thing. Find something else. <laughs> it's not you. You're not good at it. You got beat so many times. You were like o- Oprah's character in, in The Color Purple. You just got beat <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> he was missed. 
Miss Sophia. Just beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Wow. Beep also by the um, people at the town square. Just, just beep. He got beat. Beep. So, brother, yeah, retire, let it go. Not your thing. Um, so I was uh, up, upset about that. Because again, I had money on that game too. So, hope for two. Well, you have you didn't have a good night, did you? I, I'm in the hole. Yeah, but brother. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. Well, good. It wasn't too good. ESPN's but, um, asking. Listen, ESPN's asking which team will win the Super Bowl: the Colts, Packers, Patriots, or Seahawks. Who do you think? Okay, the team. Okay, America. Whatever team that I say is going to win, go against that. So if I say that it's going to be the um. Seahawks winning it, do the opposite, you know. So if I say the Seahawks, probably the Packers will probably beat the Seahawks. So mm-hmm. it's, okay, this is my prediction. I have Seattle and New England in the Super Bowl. Okay. Knowing my luck, it'll be Green Bay and the Colts. So put some money on it, y'all. You all might win some money. So, but might yeah, win some I, money. You might win some money, but yeah, Seattle and um, New England in the Super Bowl, and I just like Seattle. I think they're 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 just talented. I mean, they're just just stacked all the way. Yeah. I mean, every position they're just stacked. So I, I have Seattle winning it all, all which right. means that they probably will lose. So, um, <laughs> yo, if, if y'all want to hear any more predictions. You know, you can follow me on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, and I just realized what um, Snapchat is, y'all. I, I, I found that out last week. It's Are you crazy. on there? Yeah, I, I'm on there. It's, it's, wow, the Internet. I mean, just the, these apps that they just come up with is crazy. fascinating to me. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, follow me on, on all that. Oh, Miss Faith Evans, I can't wait to hear this interview again. Thank you, Miss. Miss Faith for um, being back with us again. I'm looking yes. forward to hearing it. Even another big time in it, brother. Good, yes, good sir. Parker. Yes, sir. Love y'all. <laughs> happy New Year again. Janera, if you're there, Happy New Year. She is here. Happy also. New Year, Aaron. And I'll talk to y'all next week. All right, y'all. All right, Aaron. Have a good one. Happy New Year, uh, Miss Ferguson. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Happy I'm New good. Year, Miss Ferguson. Happy New Year, Miss Parker. Miss <laughs> Ferguson, do you do New Year's resolutions? Uh, well, not really. I always break them. So I thought I was maybe to save money. I think maybe I should make that my New Year's resolution to save money, but that also right. never works out. So. <laughs> well, it's the New Year. I know you got some amazing deals for it. Tell us what you got. I do, I do. Um, well, first of all, I know I talk about this store a lot, but it's because I love it so much because you can save so much at this store. Um, Saks Fifth Avenue office, they're having a clearance blowout sale. And they've been having a sale for probably about two weeks now, um, maybe three. I think it started like right after Christmas, and they, they discounted, deeply discounted everything. Um, but it's, it's going to be going on while supplies last. So um, there are what, three in the Atlanta area. There's one um, at the uh, – there's one at Sugarloaf Mills. There's one at, um, at of course, North Georgia Premium Outlets. And then there's one at the new outlet shops of Atlanta. But that's Fifth Avenue office. Um, they're having their clearance blowout sale. And if you're shopping in the store, 
All clearance items are buy one. I'm sorry, buy two, get one free. Um, and if you're shopping online, all the clearance items are an extra 60% off. So, I mean, it's pretty much a win-win no matter where you are. I prefer to shop online because it, it, it just saves, like, a lot of time versus trying to go in a store and dig through things. You just go online, it's right, everything's right there at your fingertips. But anyway, so that's my first sale. Um, Victoria's Secret, they're having their semi-annual sale in the stores. Um, they're going to start uh, putting everything online as well, but uh, they're having it in stores, and this is right. This is perfect because it's right in time for Valentine's Day if you guys want to plan ahead. Um, mm-hmm. ooh. So, uh, you, you know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. The date has not changed. It's always February 14th. I don't know why it always surprises people, but it is right around the corner. So if you guys want to, you know, go get something for you, if you ladies want to go get something for your guy, your guys want to go get something for your lady, um, they are having their sale right now. Um, you can also, I think they're, I haven't looked online to see if, if they, they carried it over online, but they usually start the sales at different times. So, um you can shop online. I mean, you can go into the stores now and shop there for an annual sale. Um, Banana Republic and Gap, they're having a sale, and you can get in the sale ends today, by the way. Um, you can get 40% off of your purchase at Banana Republic and Gap, plus you can get um, 35% off of your purchase at Old Navy. So all of that ends tonight, and, they, and Old Navy has, like, some crazy deals. I mean, tops for, like, $8, $7, $5. Um, Macy's is having a sale. Um, if you shop there now, you can get 20 to 75% off of their sale items. Plus, you can get 75% off, plus you can get 75% off of their uh, Charter Club cashmere sweaters. Um, so, again, that, that might be a good gift for Valentine's Day for your mom or something. I don't know if you want to get the Sweetie a cashmere sweater, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> What would you do if Robin got you a cashmere sweater? I think I would punch him in the face. <laughs> like, what is this? What in the world is this? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't even think I might. I might be on the news. I, you, you just don't even know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the Loft, they're having a sale, and uh, you can get sixty percent off of their winter sweaters. Um, they crew, they're also having a sale. Um, you can get 40% off of their Wear Now styles for men, women, and children. Um, but you have to hurry up and shop because the sale ends today. And, of course, it's past 10 o'clock, so if you're shopping online, you need to use code SALESNEWS. Um, shoes.com is having a sale, and you can get an extra 25% off of all, this, all of their sale shoes. Um, because this, this is an online-only store, you need to use code SALES25. Um, Express is having their end of season uh, end of season sale, and you can get up to seventy percent off of your purchase, plus an additional forty percent off of clearance items. So that's not too bad there. And last but not least, uh, Nordstrom is having a sale, and this is a designer sale, so their their stuff is pretty pricey. I normally don't even average, you know, I don't even talk about Nordstrom. I usually go straight to Nordstrom Rack, but um, I just thought that this is a noteworthy sale because this is their designer sale. And they're calling this their designer finale sale. And you can save on tons of designer items um, that have been marked down. So that's all I have for you guys tonight. But that's a pretty great start for the beginning of the new year. So It, it really is. And, yeah. and they can find all this at budgetshopaholic.com, correct? 
They surely can. And there are links on our Facebook page and website. Thank you, uh, Ms. Ferguson. Have a great well, – I'll, I'll talk to you next week, but have a great week and happy New Year, okay? <laughs> All right, happy New Year. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Good night, guys. Right, before we go to break, uh, question of the day. What is the turnoff when it comes to dating? Go to our Facebook page or tweet us at Stephen Nice Show and let us know. We'll be right back. Right back at this in a minute. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Quick-paced, anxious, exhilarating, inspirational, and direct. The 11th hour is for emotional and searing. The 11th hour indicts the systematic indifference and criminalization of our inner city youth. It brings forth compelling arguments supported by historical, economical, and judicial perspectives and offers hope in the midst of this deadly epidemic. With so much happening in the news regarding the relationships between police and uh, minority men, I thought it was very fitting to have this cast on. So please help me welcome the cast of the 11th hour. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Stephen Knight? Doing good. Is it Angela? Yes, it is. How's it going? Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. I'm wonderful. I'm glad to be on. Well, we're glad to have you on our first show of the new year. Now, are the other people with you? Yes. Yeah. Who who all do we have? We we got Reggie Love here, too, man. Stephen, how are you today, man? I'm good, I'm good. And you're the technical director, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, and Angela, you're the playwright. I am. Okay, so tell us, you know, we've been seeing a lot in the news about, you know, just the chaos, um, and I think it's really, especially end of last year, you know, with Michael Brown and some of the other cases, you know, about we've seen the protests and people responding to just being done with the, we seem to be a target for young African-American men. Your thoughts on that and how this play came off together? Oh, man, should I take this one, Reggie, or you got it? Yeah, well, let me let me start it off by saying, um, you know, we, we definitely see what has been happen, happening mm-hmm. recently in the news, but um, we, we, we stated that this has been happening since right. the days of Emmett Till and, 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 and you know, all the way back in the early 90s. With um with with so many people and we run into these issues every single day. So we got right. started. We were actually commissioned to do this project by uh, our executive producer, National Black Television. Um, when we met them at the uh, SCLC National Convention in 2014, um, mm-hmm. we were actually at the convention on August the ninth when the Michael Brown situation happened, and there was wow. so much of an uproar. And we wanted to do something about it, but we wanted to do something intelligently. Uh, so we were commissioned by MBTV, and, and Angela, she got writing. And um, she'll, she'll tell you a little bit more about uh, the inspiration behind the writing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. 
It, it goes without question, Stephen, that all the unfolding of all these events, one behind the other, it seems, um, you right. know, to where excessive force just resulted in the death of, you know, unarmed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what what the media deems as perpetrators. Uh, right, had just yeah. gotten to the point to where it was just dizzy, you know, just we were just tired. And so, ironically, um, I was writing the script during the unfolding of the events in Ferguson, and so wow. there was no lack of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, following closely, watching the social media feeds and seeing how adamant people were about their, you know, their position on the topic, I said there's right. a way to com- compartmentalize all these voices Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and put them all together into a stage play and to, you know, insert these voices into characters and let people really see the full picture. Because, unfortunately, a lot of times media only shows one perspective, maybe right. two. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not and cool. You know what's kind of embarrassing for me, uh, and this, me and Ms. Parker talk about this one day over lunch, is that when they were showing, they were having the protest in uh, Ferguson, a lot of the image, imagery that we saw were the, you know, them trashing the town, burning down the town, mm-hmm. and not really mm-hmm. focusing on the, the people that were out there. Yeah. There were a lot of people that were really just being peaceful. They left, yeah. and then that's when the chaos, but, but that wasn't what was really being shown. And so I think that something like this, you know, um, tells a story because some people don't understand it. If, you know, that's not their, their reality, you exactly. know, being uh, profiled. You know, they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand. They don't know, you know, what it feels like. So, Tell us about, um, you know, some of the characters in, in this play and, and a little bit more about what we can expect when we come see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reggie, how about that? Do we have any other people that are on the call by chance? Because I may have some of the actors on the call. I'm not sure. And it would be really dope if they introduced their own, you know, their, themselves. Right. But if not, yeah. I can get us started. Um, oh, yeah, I know for sure. We have a number of different types of actors that play different perspectives. For example, we felt that it was necessary to discuss the judicial side of things. Um, We have somebody that talks about the financial and economic disparity of the inner city. We also talk about the historical relevance of the story. Um, We also Mm -hmm. go into, you know, the, the fact that not enough people are equipped with the knowledge that it takes to really understand their rights. You know, we also come from the perspective of the people who are left behind, and then we also come from the perspective of the police. <laughs> so right, yeah. What, yeah. Our, what our whole intent and goal was was to make sure that we had a very well-balanced, full-bodied mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, yeah. And you can't have that without, without having the, the perspective of all different sides. You know what I mean? So at least, So even if you don't agree with the other side, at least you can have an understanding of what they're thinking about, you know, with the, you know where they're coming from. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with that as well. And, uh, you know, you have to, uh, and we decided to do this as our way of protesting, but we wanted to make sure that we did this intelligently. Um, right. it, it, it's not going to be the way that uh, we're vilifying police or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. more that up trying to uplift the community and making sure that everybody has an understanding, hey, this is a, a, a plight. Um, and it's not necessarily all police that are doing it. Uh, it's right, not necessarily exactly. all all these uh, other individuals are doing it, and we're doing it to ourselves too. And uh, mm-hmm. so we come from various angles and various perspectives. Um, and Angela, I, I I love when she explains it uh, about 
our form of theater and, and how we project, especially our young men. AC, go ahead and, 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 and uh, put that energy out there. And Stephen, you and I have a rich history because I remember you were one of the very first radio show hosts that interviewed me about Rimshot Urban Musical a couple of years back. Yeah, and that, yeah. when, whenever I do theater, um, it's got to have a social agenda. So we mm-hmm. have a hashtag mm-hmm. called Performing Arts for Social Change because wow. it's got to be responsible entertainment. And one thing that I was really put off by as it relates to urban theater is that mm-hmm. our African-American men are portrayed in four different ways. I'm about to run it down real quick. You either okay. have one in drag. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have another one who's an outright criminal. Mm-hmm. You have another one that's like a caricature with the slapstick comedy. Right, or yeah. you have the guy that's absolutely perfect, and then he turns out to be crazy. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really, really important to me that because I'm surrounded by upstanding, responsible African-American men every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what, this is going to be an opportunity to show them in their best light, because oftentimes what we are washed over with when it comes to the perception of African-American men is that they fall into one of those four prototypes, and that's absolutely exactly. false. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Now, we have uh, Cha-Cha Martins on the line as well. Are you there with awesome. Martins? <laughs> hey, how you doing? This is Cha-Cha Martin. How's it going? I'm just happy to be here with Angela and Reggie, two of the yes. most awesome people that you can find on this earth. I'm just <laughs> and, and just, you know, vibing with them every day. They're just yeah. awesome. I, you know, I can imagine that doing a project like this and working with people, it has to be rewarding because you know you're doing something for the greater good. And then when you're in that circle of people bringing that together, I can only imagine what that experience is about. Can you talk about that, Chacha? Yes. Oh, man. You know, first of all, I I love doing anything that's going to impact people, make people think. And what I love about the projects um, with the positive art movement is you're always going to learn something. So I come in and, oh, I know some stuff about life. And then, you know, you go to rehearsal and you're like, oh, man, I got a lot to learn. You know, it's so much in, you know, and I'm I'm just like a sponge right now, you know. I thank God for allowing me to be here and to learn, yeah. soak in, and and to be able to make a difference through my gifts. That's you know, when I gave my life to God, that's what I knew I wanted to do was just impact people in a positive way. And I believe through the positive arts movement, there's nothing you can do but that. Like there's no choice. You're gonna be positive, wow. and you're absolutely. Like, absolutely. Now, now you're acting in the in the play, is that correct? Yes, I am acting in the play. Um, I play the character Elaine, okay. and um, okay. Elaine, she's she's from the hood, you know, much like me, Harlem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's from the hood, and um, she's just tired of seeing our black men just going through, getting arrested, getting profiled, getting mistreated you know, just because of the color of their skin. And, right. you know, you feel her passion, you know, on the stage and her just wanting to see things change so that our men can have a positive future. And she really comes with a lot of passion on that stage. So, you know, y- y'all got to come out and see this. You have to. Absolutely, absolutely. Amber, when, when is the play, when can we see it? Where can we see it? 
Okay. Um, the production is premiering this weekend, this coming Saturday, uh, the 17th Ooh. at 6 p.m. Um, it will be at a part of the Freedom Cafe Initiative at Ben Hill United Methodist Church. Um, mm. We specifically chose that location because it is the childhood church home of Mayor Kasim Reed. What we're hoping okay. for is that he will be there. Um, yeah. It starts right at 6 o'clock. This production is appropriate for all ages. Um, one thing that I'm really adamant about is that there's no explicit language or name-calling because we want to be a, an example to the, yo- to the exactly. young people that actually come out to see it. So it's a suggested donation at the door of $10, but no one will be denied access because we believe people need to see this. Um, mm. Just to kind of give you a little sidebar note, uh, to, we're really excited that we're honoring four people uh, that were pioneers in the civil rights movement, one of which is Dan Moore. He's the founder of the Apex Museum downtown. We have Charles mm-hmm. Steele. He's the president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. We also have Bernard Lafayette. He walked arm-in-arm with Martin Luther King Jr. himself during the Selma days. And then we have C.T. Vivian, who also was one of um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, Mm -hmm. like, right hands. So all four of them will be in the audience that day, and we're really excited to do this, almost like an extension to show them that this generation is still fighting for the liberties they fought for back in the 60s. Exactly. And that's that's amazing. Isn't it kind of, you know, interesting that – I think that, you know, for a long time, especially a lot of people said, well, we have a black president, that people thought that, like, uh, civil rights issues were kind of a thing of the past. But when we see things nah. like Ferguson and, you know, what's ha- happening in New York and everything, yeah. it just shows that it's still here. It's still here alive and well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it is definitely – uh, expounded as well. I mean, I just recently saw a news. I mean, recently saw a news report of police officer gunning down a, a man who was who had his hands up, and uh, mm-hmm. they still shot him. And he was of another uh, racial pro, uh, racial profile. And mm-hmm. we 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 feel that it's our responsibility to hold them accountable and say, "Hey, we see what you're doing out here. It's not right." right. It needs to be some sort of accountability action. So it's not just a theatrical production that we're doing. This is actually a movement. Um, we, we did a forum on yesterday called Unleashed, and we had about maybe about 15 young people in the audience. And when we did this Unleashed, we actually got them involved and educated them and made sure that there was a plan of action attached to it. So it's not just come see this production, come see this play. But it's about okay now that you you have this weapon called knowledge, go out and use it. Wow, yeah, and knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yes, let's, indeed. Let's, let's go through real quick and and each person tell us why we need to see this play and any closing remarks you have. We'll start with you, Angela. Okay, okay, definitely you've got to see this play because the new knowledge that you'll receive will empower you to be better, and it'll also cause you to join a movement that will spread and cause other people globally to also become more aware of what they have and what they can do with what they have. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I'll go, and I'll say it just like this. Hey, this is the premiere, and everybody always wants to go out and be the first to do everything. This is the premiere of something very big. We already have plans uh, of taking this thing around the country. Uh, Our next stop is Ferguson, Missouri. And we're taking it to other places as well. But 
you want to be the first to come, and this will probably be the last time that you can get in for a $10 donation. So come on yeah. out on the 17th, celebrating MLK weekend. We want to get it out to the masses. It's going to be a live taping, a live filming, and uh, it's going to be very historical. So uh, come on out. It's, it's, it's a great time. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Uh, we hope to see you there. All and, right. Um, and Chacha? Yeah, this is Chacha. I will say the Bible says that die because of lack of knowledge. And you need to come out and get this knowledge in a way that you'll be so entertained. By the time you walk out of there, you're going to feel good because you just saw a production that is off the chain. But at the same time, you're going to be educated about something that maybe you've never seen from different types of angles. So I'll say come out and get that edutainment. Wow. Well, listen, I wish you all the best with the premiere this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Have a great, great uh, weekend. And a great, a great premiere. Thank you so much, Stephen Knight. We appreciate you. Yes, congratulations, man. Thank and you. happy birthday. You. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> happy birthday. Hello. Ooh, Who's happy birthday? Oh, <laughs> our anniversary. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Appreciate oh, that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take You're care. Welcome. All right. Okay. Let me let you know that uh, the 11th hour, go on our Facebook page, find out information how you can get tickets and go see this amazing play. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Over the holiday break, I had a wonderful chance to speak with Faith Evans, who released her new album, Incomparable. We're going to play that interview for you. It's a really good interview. We talk about a lot of things, her music, her fitness. We, a lot of remember that Tank, uh, the singer Tank, he uh, announced on Instagram that he was quitting the industry because his album, albums were not selling. He wasn't getting the support. We talk about that and a lot more. So if we're ready, we're going to play that interview for you. Tweet us. Let, let us know what you think. I love Faith. She's a great guest, and hopefully you enjoy this interview. Okay, we're still setting up, actually. Well, let's go to question of the day real quick while we're waiting. Um, question of the day is, what is your frustration uh, or turnoff when it comes to dating? We had a lot of people respond. So a lot of people are frustrated with dating and have a lot of turnoff. Let's get to them real quick. Let's see. Well, okay, well, the interview's ready, so we're going to look for the interview. We'll come back after the interview and talk about uh, your answers to the question of the day. Here's my interview with Faith Evans. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our first guest is a multi-platinum Grammy Award-winning superstar with such hits as Soon As I Get Home, Love Like This, Gone Already, and the list goes on. She's now back with a new hit album entitled Incomparable. Please help me welcome the one and only Faith Evans. Welcome back to the show. Oh, <laughs> I mean, wow. You know, you were on uh, with us, I think, a year ago, and... 
you you've been our biggest show. We've had a, a last eleven years, but you've been the biggest get, get the biggest in terms of the listeners. They like, people love you. They love okay. yes. They love Faith Heaven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that we're doing this, um, you know, during the holiday break. How do you plan on spending your holidays? Other than promoting your new album. <laughs> I'm actually at home. Um, I just got back in town two days ago, so I'm actually at home right now. Um, Shopping for my little one online. Yeah. I've been traveling. Um, well, I'm not home actually. Just with the kids and very low key. Good. Um, we ain't got much plans at all. I'll be in town too, probably like February. February, so. okay, okay. Catching yeah. up, catching up with the mail and moms and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> well, I know we were talking about before we uh we went live that we were talking about you know even though you're I don't want to say independent but you're you're doing it yourself for the most part. But you said now that you, um, well, how would you say the control is? That you're in control of everything, the music, you know, who gets it, what kind of style. How do you feel now that everything's in your hands? Well, I've been independent for my, this is the third album I've done independently. I mean, okay. My but um, with this situation, I did a partnership with B&G Chrysalis, who are a major It's funny, um, you've always been a, I, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the premiere of R&B Divas the first season when you were in there, and, you know, that was my second time seeing you in person. You're a beautiful woman. I know you hear it all the time. Um, first time was when I saw you live in concert back in 98. You were on tour with Total and Drew Hill, and, you know, my, my, I have an older brother. His sister is it, Pam from Total, you know, so um, she's family, and so I remember that you were the first concert I saw live in Richmond, Virginia, and you killed it. I mean, you always kill when you sing, but I was just blown away. I was blown away uh, when I heard you sing. You did this um, medley of Soon as I Get Home until, and then um, Come Over. Won't you come over and make love to me? That's all? No, I think, you sure it was Soon as I Get Home? Not since, I'm sorry. I know, back then, I used to do Never Let You Go. Never Let You Go. Never Let You Go. And the, and the thing was, isn't that, you know, after you leave the concert, I was listening to that CD. I said, I wish I had that <laughs> that performance on CD. You know what I mean? Because you killed it. You killed it. You killed it. How How is live performing for you? I absolutely love it. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that's the last time you've seen me live. And, wow. I feel like I'm definitely that grown. Oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm hopefully in 50 years, you know, that I'm sounding good, but I know I'm Right. <laughs> but you know, I've definitely come a long way. I, I 
performing live. Yeah, and you can tell it. I mean, I haven't seen you in person perform since then, but I, obviously I watch you on YouTube and on different award shows, and anytime you're on different shows promoting your music, like I remember when you uh, promoted your last record, then you had the, the single "Gone Already," which I told you I love this song. And you killed that on Wendy Williams. Killed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I don't think that was my best performance. It was good, though. But, you know. I remember, I think that I had some time. I mean, you know, it's just probably in my mind. I know. Right. It was probably minor wardrobe issues. Like, before I went on. Oh. Like, right. So, I don't usually like to have, you know, stuff like that on my mind when I'm I've always sort of maintained the, and you know, even when I have to put on my quote unquote 
things that was common. No, mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah, right. But that's where we all that is as far as we get dressed. Like, you know, sometimes when I go, I normally run around in my workout clothes, but, you know, mm-hmm. cornrows. And that's normal for people in public, you know, wherever I am. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? To be that way, I don't feel a way about it. So I think that because that's not something, my career and being a quote-unquote celebrity, I don't necessarily see myself as that way, but I don't operate from within that dynamic either. Yeah. My day-to-day, you know what I mean? I don't wake up with that on my mind. I wake up and I got to go work out before I get kids. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. I got to go to the grocery store. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't know. It doesn't affect me that way, but I mean, I understand that, you know, maybe for some people it is. Right. You know, you do kind of feel like, or maybe you make feel like, or maybe you really do in your own mind, too. Like, you have to hold it. Maybe you do. Yeah. But for me, you know, I just feel like I just need to make a music and you know try and just continue doing what it is that I do I don't think you know get everybody's staff is different so you know yeah. I, I just know what works for me right you know Tony Braxton once said that she Glad she never reached the success of uh, like Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston, where you can never go anywhere. And I know you, you and Whitney were really good friends, but never wanted to reach that level. Even though she's a star in her own, I mean, everyone knows Tony, but never when you couldn't go to the mall without people bum rushing you and stuff like that. Do you can you kind of agree with that, or, or how, what are your thoughts on that? I understand the sentiment behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I don't want, but I'm very content and happy with the fact that I'm constantly ascending toward, you know, whatever the whatever it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. I see this is my biggest moment or accomplishment, you know. Um, and I don't know what where she's coming from. Yeah. I would say I don't want it, or you know, I, I, of course everyone would love to have a certain amount of success, but I'm just, but again, I am content with the with the fact he's great. And I know that I'm constantly growing, so I'm cool with that. And I am happy that I can still go with the grocery store, and I don't have to walk around with it. I go every grocery store by myself, so, mm. and that's fine. But, you know, I don't even if I was, you know, more famous or more popular, I, I think it's just about how you carry yeah. Or, you know, I see plenty of people, you know, that are, in terms of a financial level, you know, from time to time, way, you know, more well off than, you know, a lot of people that I know, and some of the best, as well as some of the people that I hold in that esteem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they just walk around living their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I know. People say hi. I say hi back. <laughs> and you do. I've been around you. They walking around with shade. <laughs> they say, who is that behind the shade? Yeah. Who's I, that with the umbrella? Right. Well, you know, I, I thought it was fascinating because when I, I, the chance I did get to find meet you in person at the premiere, um, you were with um, you know, your team, Jemai, who I, I know through a mutual friend of you and I, Derek. Um, and you spoke to everyone. I, and if you were tired at this point. You'd been up on your feet all day and whatever. But you were, you spoke to everyone. And if they wanted a picture, you did it despite, uh, you know, I, you know, being tired. Why is that important? Why is that important? Well, that's a part of her. Yeah. Not Yeah, yeah. 
And you talk, uh, you know. Right, yeah. I, I just felt like I owed him that much for, for the support. Right, right, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things people think you owe them don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, people always say it comes with the territory. People being your business, you're a celebrity. I disagree. I completely disagree. You know what I mean? I think that you know people have. It's like anybody else that goes to work. So you act a certain way, and not saying you're being funny, but you're not to be appropriate for work that you may not act do at home. I mean, you know what I mean? It's a difference. And I think that celebrity is the same thing. Like Whoopi Goldberg said, when she steps out of house, she knows she's Whoopi Goldberg. But when she's in her house and cameras are trying to film in, she, that's the problem. That's too much. That's too much. No one deserves all that. Right. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. It's not what's within my domain. Mm-hmm. You've never seen one camera. You've never talked to one camera up here. I know. I was going to talk about I that. I mean, and, you know, although I've been considering doing something, you know, I, I was, uh, before Diva came along, I had shot a couple of times, you know, about my life and my family at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I knew that was probably not what I wanted to do. But you know, I've been considering doing something like that, and not so much involving my kids. But I've always said the only way that I would do something like that is if my team, who you know, my family is already familiar with, right. the one capturing it. I just don't like, you know, bringing. I just don't want to disrupt the, what's going on in my household. You know? Yeah. My son, my youngest, is on the autism spectrum, so things have to be very consistent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't like throwing off any of that. Yeah, and I know you were very adamant about that when you did R&B Divas. That you, 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 went, well, I think you got a place here in Atlanta just to keep it, the, everything out your house. You know what I mean? You wanted to be focused on the music and focus on your interaction with other cast members, not necessarily your day to day, right? Absolutely, and then on top of that, so much of my, even though you know, the, the you know, the story you you know, all of that is obviously. I 
But you know, that's because he's innocent. He's not, you know, trying to right right well I know that you um you you've always been in the fitness um and then and so but not always now well, well I'll say I'll say back in the day you did because I remember you 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 did a lot of uh you talked about a lot about the fitness and you've gotten really you know really in shape. And then recently, I saw you look amazing. Like, I've seen pictures. I follow your Instagram and whatnot. What, what inspired you to get back into it, like, real heavy? Well, before I got pregnant with my son, Ryder, mm-hmm. that was around the time that I really got into fitness. Right, yeah. I, had, I had much to do other than take care of my kids in my house. I was going to go to the training. And I just started to get into it. Uh, after that, around the first, you know, when I got pregnant with Ryder, I thought I was maintaining, but it was not happening. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> I was tired and I was hungry. I tried to get up and work out too, but it ain't lasting long. And, um, you know, once, once we realized, I actually worked out a little bit, you know, at the farm, but then once I kind of started realizing that something was going on, and by the time I was diagnosed and on autism, I really kind of had to take a lot of my time and energy into trying to get proper service to care to place mm-hmm. So it just, you know, it just, that was, that was pretty much that was. It took a minute to make the adjustment. Okay. Point of having a schedule and, and a, a schedule that works, you know, all around the whole household. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, looking great. So cue up the great work. Let's t- let's talk about the album, Incomparable, Incomparable. What what was uh, tell us why you ch- chose that title? Um, I believe I was at Gay Pride a couple of years ago in Baltimore, and I we captured actually on, on the front page of the Gay Pride mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and um, one of the things in Baltimore is that he is one of my Well, I think that, um, you know, what, 
aside from the fact that Comparable does have sort of a concept behind it, you know, reflecting what I was going through romantically post-divorce and kind of getting back into saying, okay, I'll see somebody, you know, I'll have to date somebody. Um, And that whole rigmarole of, you know, not thinking one of a relationship I am a relationship person, so mm-hmm. it's hard for me not to feel like <laughs> that if I'm spending a lot of time with somebody because I'm not really thinking on the multiple. But you know, um, I just I feel like this album is a well rounded selection of tempo. I mean it has the interlude that a lot of my fans miss. Exactly. You know, I, just, I don't measure my success by the sales, but at the same time, it certainly doesn't 
especially artists that we really love, and we see them doing their thing. You know, she's independent now. She's been independent for the last few albums, and they're putting a lot of her money and her hard work and her talent. She's talented. Buy her album. Buy her album. It's called Compost and Stories Everywhere. Get your copy. We'll be right back after this. How do you find a job when there are no jobs? Learn Skip Tracing and build a professional business that services professionals like attorneys, process servers, and repossession companies. This is no part-time Tupperware or Mary Kay selling job. It's not even an online survey scam. In Skip Trace Secrets, you'll learn all the inside hush-hush secrets of finding people and finding out things about people. Go to LearnSkipTracing.com and get your instant download copy of Skip Trace Secrets, dirty little secrets Skip Tracers use. Also in the Apple iBook Store. Nook and Amazon. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to go on to Stephen's playlist. Tonight we are featuring songs by uh, Faith Evans, of course, and Natika uh, Hemingway, who is also a friend of the show. She has a brand new thing called Wrong Thing, so definitely check that out. We don't have much time, so we'll get right into it. The first song is by Faith Evans. It's one of her throwback songs, one of my all-time favorites, called You Used to Love Me. Check it out. And enjoy Stephen Flewis.